Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Welcome to the show, gearheads. Welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City. Recording a little early today, kind of your Sunday afternoon. But this is our first show of 2023, and we're really excited because of the giant news bombshell that Andretti and General Motors dropped. And we're going to talk all about that and probably a few more topics. But I want to introduce my panel of experts, as I called it on our tweet today, because... I got Bob Varsha, I got Chris Medlin, and ex Haas F1 team manager Dave O'Neill. Start with you, Bob. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks, John. Happy New Year. I hope your holidays were great. Um, and as you point out, it's great to start the year with a major news story. And that's what I'd say this Andretti Cadillac link up for Formula One certainly is. Mr. Medlin, you think it's a, a pretty good story over there across the pond? Oh, I think it's a pretty big story for anyone in Formula One, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, um, there's not many stories that would have me thinking, yeah, first Sunday of uh, January that I'm free, I, I want to come and talk about it. But I genuinely did when you uh, gave me the call. It was, uh, it's going to be a fun one to get our teeth stuck into. Yeah, and Mr. O'Neill, how are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. And uh, Happy New Year to you all. Um, yeah, I think it's a great story. Um, we uh, it would be nice to see how it evolves and... Um, yeah, also all the uh, intricate detail that goes with a story like this. Um, you know, the headlines one thing, but the uh, the, the uh, process is another. Making sure that you do get in, you know, to the championship. Well, uh, a bit of deja vu for you, I guess. So uh, you you've lived this before, haven't you, with Haas? Well, I lived it twice actually, <laughs> um, with my Russia, uh, well, Virgin as it was then, and then and then Haas. Yeah, so. Um, very interesting, exciting times, and also fantastic. Um, it, it's almost a um, perfect storm with how popular F1 is in um, in the States now, and con considering uh, how fast it's growing here, I think it's fantastic for the US. Well, let's get into a little bit Agreed. of the nuts and bolts of this, because if you've been living under a rock, what happened was on Thursday, we... Uh, we woke up to a, uh, I say I woke up, it was about 9 a.m. Austin time, a, an announcement from Andretti that they had teamed up with General Motors and Cadillac to further along their efforts to get a team on the grid to be the 11th team in Formula One, which, as you know, they've been trying for, I mean, it's been a year now since they really have been trying. So we woke up to that news, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And Chris Medlin, you were on the media call with, I guess it was Michael Andretti and GM President Mark Royce as well, right? It was indeed, yeah. And it was uh, an alert came out from both Andretti and GM uh, about two hours before they did the call. And I was just sat exactly where I am right now, uh, working on my laptop, and this email drops. And I'm like, hmm. Uh, you'd hear little whispers about certain things with the Andretti project and partnerships they were maybe looking into, but nothing concrete at all. So it it, it wasn't um, something I'd been expecting at that time. Uh, and then 
I thought this could be anything. This could be a, a way of trying to build some hype so that uh, people are talking about a Formula E entry they're going to do in some sort of partnership or some sponsorship deal in another mm-hmm. aspect of racing. But the fact it said it was from Andretti Global made me go, Andretti Global and GM together just feels like it's bigger than that. So uh, I made sure I was free to jump on the call and I sort of sat down to listen and they introed Michael and he wasted no time in straight away saying about what they're trying to do in Formula One, uh, how they're trying to get in and that they're going to partner with GM. And then, uh, yeah, Mark Royce came on and said that it would be under the Cadillac brand. So uh, it was within about 60 seconds of the call kind of starting. They were like, boom, here it is. And uh, you could see on the sort of list of people that were on it, you had a great mix of uh, US media, whether they were um, sort of automotive media, racing media, but also then you had uh, sort of global Formula One media as well and could tell that they'd, uh, they'd set it up nicely to get everyone talking about it. And the perfect time to do it, because we're sat here, as you guys have just pointed out, first show of the new year. And what better thing than to have a huge storyline to get stuck into rather than a kind of only talk about how everyone's Christmas was. So, uh, yeah, they, they've timed it very well. Should we read anything, do you think, Chris, into the fact that Mark Royce, the head of GM, was on that uh, on that call, but absent was Jim Campbell, who was the head of GM Racing. I think I have that title correctly. Um, now, maybe he's, you know, confined to the United States. But, um, you know, there weren't a lot of racing people involved. Uh, Well, I suppose if we're honest, we should note that Cadillac is not going to take the V8 out of the (laughs) Blackwing and stick it in the back of a Formula One car. This will be a a naming rights thing for a while using an existing uh, power unit set up. But um, it's great that, uh, that, that GM is considering exploring that technology and seeing if they can come up with something uh, innovative and different and effective. Absolutely. And, and I think the whole um, fact that Mark was on it kind of speaks to how big a deal it is. It was mm-hmm. that GM have never entered, like, you know, officially entered Formula One in this way. Um, so it was a, a huge deal for the brand. And, and that's what Mark wanted to push as well. And uh, he was clearly very enthused to be partnering with Andretti. You know, he's a huge fan of, of the team and of, of Mario. So uh, he kind of wanted to put that across as well. And it kind of shows just how uh, invested and involved and committed GM is as an overall brand and that's exactly what Andretti needed as well because they needed the full weight of the manufacturer being made clear so that when they do go to Formula One or go to the FIA and try and uh, get themselves a spot on the grid it it becomes uh, an easier decision really or, or kind of adds to that um, kind of project that they're putting together it really just adds the weight to it because it's not just a, oh yeah it's just the racing side of things are kind of putting their name to it and that's it it's the GM brand are fully behind it. Mm. Hey, I heard then, Chris, maybe this was on that call, but that Andretti was the one who initiated this conversation with GM, but Mark Royce said that that not only did the discussion start several months ago, but they had already been talking about it internally at GM about getting involved in Formula One. Yeah, thanks for actually you flagging that up because that was my question to Mark Royce um, just oh, towards the end of the call. <laughs> nice. It was, yeah. I, I asked him, I said, you know, had it been something you've been looking at already um, or was it the Andretti project that piqued your interest? And his response was kind of like, well, the, the timeline would be kind of the qualifying factor here because as a company, we've been looking at F1 for years, decades. We've you know, always been interested, um, always thought it would be an amazing thing to be involved in, but the timing was never right. Either it was impossible to get in uh, or if it was that you know the global situation meant we, we couldn't afford to or you couldn't be seen to um there wasn't a partner whatever it was they just never had the timing that where it all came together and then yeah said that uh, michael reached out about five months ago um and kind of said we'd be interested in doing something with you if you would be uh, and it went quite quickly from there and, and clearly mark was saying that, you know we were fully on board we were fully keen to have something like this if the opportunity ever came up and and michael laid it out that it was the perfect time mm-hmm. You know, let's think back just a little bit, because, you know, when Michael started this whole process, uh, I think I think even he would say maybe he could have done this a little more tactfully or or methodically. But if you're Michael Andretti, I I can't blame him because he was probably already getting approached or having conversations with people like GM and and uh, Guggenheim, the money guys and GameBridge. And, and he already knew that he could bring all of that, all of those, all the resources that all of those kinds of companies bring, whether it's money or expertise. He's probably getting approached by, uh, I mean, all he had to do was just breathe that he was interested in this. And virtually any American sponsor 
would be, you know, express interest. And he knew that he could bring everything that the F1, that FIA could ever want. And so I can't blame him for being a little arrogant, probably. But now, with in my opinion, with what he's done with Jim, he has literally checked every single box, and he did it with a yeah. sledgehammer. I mean, Jim, just coincidentally, like, I think it was days before, retook over the lead as the largest manufacturer, uh, automotive manufacturer in the United States. He took that back, that title back from Toyota. You know, GM had it for 100 years, damn near, but uh, right. they took it back. And so Andretti walks in going, okay, you, you want uh, you want a manufacturer involved? How about the largest manufacturer in North America? In the world. You know, so he's, he, it's, it's just really, I, I think the discussions at some point going to come to this is like, how can they say no? Well, so well yeah, asked, I think, on, go ahead. I was going to say that um, I've been asked that question by a few people and it wouldn't be a case of saying no. If that, if, if there was a no that came to this project in future, I'm pretty certain. I mean, it's not, it won't be a case of saying no to Andretti and Cadillac and to GM. It will be because there's something even bigger somehow that we just don't know about yet that then does come in. Um, yeah. And Formula One itself has made it very clear that they've been having discussions with lots of interested parties, just not publicly. Uh, and that's what I think has annoyed them a bit about the Andretti story is that, um, the more noise that's been made about it, and as you say, as we talk about it, it, it all seems to make sense and would be great for Formula One, certainly in the States, but just generally, it, you know, great brands to get involved. Um, you kind of go, well, why not? What, what's their issue here? But they've got something a lot more delicate to kind of tread with. They've got to keep the existing teams happy. They've got to make sure that financially it makes sense for them. Uh, but also, if there are other big brands looking to come in, for example, if we didn't know about Andretti and GM and they're doing this behind the scenes, mm -hmm. but there was another team making a lot of noise that seemed to make sense, you'd, you'd not want to upset or scare off GM and Andretti, would you? So they've got to try and keep everyone happy at this stage because we still haven't actually opened up the process. <laughs> they can't right. officially apply yet. So yeah. uh, they've got to keep everyone on side. Yeah. And I think we have to, we, we, we can't be naive about this. We have to, we can't see it in isolation, I guess is what yeah. I'm saying. Everybody every corporate entity, every automaker, I, I guarantee you, is looking at the new explosive popularity of Formula One. Even if, if they don't have a prayer of getting involved, they, I'm sure they're looking at it and measuring it up and seeing, you know, is this something we could somehow get involved in? And the same goes for sponsorship. You know, any company uh, worth its salt must understand that Formula One remains the, the greatest marketing platform on the planet. And, you know, it's... Uh, to wasting get involved all right guys well let's uh let's take a quick break and when we come back we'll have lots more discussion about this andretti uh, gm cadillac situation listen to speed city back after these messages as a rider you know what you like the power the feel the ride when it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin, online at DucatiAustin.com. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today. Hi, this is Jeff Gordon, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back. I want to I want to talk about something you just led into Chris and that is the possible other teams or entities that wanted that are the, that could be vying for this 11th slot because there have been a couple of rumors and I'll be honest I started digging a little earlier last night and this morning and I really there was only one or two names Chris do you know of any uh any names that have been bannered about uh, not as a new team, no. Um, there's been talks of other uh, big name brands maybe looking to get involved with Formula One, um, and a lot of it revolves I think, around Red Bull and, and what they've been doing um, because of what fell through with Porsche. And we, you know, talk about what a big deal that would have been. And obviously, mm-hmm. Porsche must still be showing some sort of interest uh, to to which degree. Not too sure, um, but they won't have just then gone cold turkey and said, "Oh, yeah, no, it doesn't work for us anymore." They clearly had something that they wanted and couldn't agree with Red Bull. Uh, but also, then Red Bull will, will have been talking to other manufacturers too. So there's some some pretty big names on that front, aren't there? That are that have been uh, banded around, and, and one of those being the probably the biggest name that it could have been in a sense uh, in Ford. So <laughs> I, I think I think we're gonna we're gonna hear a lot of stuff like this, and it may well be because a lot of these talks happen. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like just every brand is going to want to explore the opportunities now sure. uh, within Formula One. Yeah, Bob, mm-hmm. you, you talked about think, Ford. Yeah, and, and we're hearing those rumblings over and over again. And I've reached out to my sources at Ford and nobody's calling me back because they probably know why I'm calling. But <laughs> having said that, um, it's a really exciting prospect. I mean, Ford has a glamorous history in Ford and Formula One. And before we completely blow off Cadillac as the old people's car. Um, <laughs> our old friend Statman, Sean Kelly, was faced with that on Twitter. Somebody said, oh, Cadillac's an old guy's car. What's going on? And Sean replied on Twitter, well, it wasn't that many years ago when another so-called old person's car company, specifically Mercedes-Benz, said they wanted to go Formula One racing. And voila, here we are, 10 years later, a whole bunch of world championships. Yeah, and you know what? I th- that person who said that must have been an old person, because <laughs> I a Cadillac. Yeah, first then he of strolled all. out to his uh, <laughs> CTSV and tore out down the street. Exactly. The uh, since the the first gen CTSV, as far as road cars, that that's been twenty years, and they've made some mm-hmm. unbelievable cars. And some of the technology that Cadillac has built outside of racing, and and then we'll talk about the racing history, but. For example, the magnetic ride that virtually every car manufacturer has, Cadillac was the inventor of that. In fact, they licensed it to Ferrari and may still license that technology to Ferrari. And they've perfected that, which gives you the Mm -hmm. best of both worlds, a great ride, as well as stunning handling. And Cadillac makes makes some amazing road cars. And they've got three of the new GT prototypes that's going to run in the yeah, 61 car field at the Rolex 24 in a couple of weeks. And they've been there for a while in IMSA with some pretty high pollutant technology. So, you know, Cadillac is not new to the engineering game by any stretch. Yeah. And of course, a deep racing history going back. I mean, mm-hmm. way, way back. I, I think of that crazy looking car that they they raced in, in Le Mans, I think in like the 50s. But um, well, we got Dave O'Neill back on, and I want to uh, I want to pick your brain, Dave, because when they were talking about like one of the discussions that Chris and his fellow journalists, when they were on the call with Andretti and Mark Royce, they talked about when this could happen, and it's been a long time. In the last year, Michael's always been saying, "Oh, we're we're shooting for 2024," 
But he backed out of that statement and said, we're going to go when it's right. And I thought that sounds exactly like what was going on at Haas when everybody wanted them to get going in 2015 and they decided to wait till 2016. So you've, you've lived this exact scenario, Dave. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to the, the bare basics. You know, it takes a year to make a truck, um, you know, with the correct design. Um, so, you know, there's a year gone straight away. Um, but also, it, you know, it's how this, this kind of team's going to be made up, whether they're going to build everything in-house in the States, uh, whether they're going to use a subsidiary like, you know, maybe Delara or, you know, Niger or whoever it is who's got current carbon experience and also can can make the time in in order to do so you've got all the crash tests that need to be done um and again you know they literally do crash um a genuine tub so you know you've got your tub you've got your nose you've got your rear crash structure um and of course you know those those bits of technology haven't you know aren't really a work of a moment they've taken years to develop you know you've seen what's happened this year with the new rules um, the, the roll hoop having to take um, 15G forwards and backwards. Um, the, those things you can't pull out of a library book. You know, you, you have years and years of uh, experience and knowledge for the engineering department have come up with that. So anything you think of, i.e. the cars and the equipment, um, and, and also, I hasten to add, the staff as well. You know, anyone with current knowledge in, in the engineering side have all got a minimum of a year on their head before they give up. So you take that December, you know, January 2023, January 2024, those guys and girls can start working. Um, and then you have a year of that process, which takes you into 25. All of a sudden, 26 is just around the corner, really. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and that's if you're well prepared and have and have something um, planned prior to it. You know, if you said that the start date was on, you know, May the 1st type thing. Um, again, you know, you've knocked on a few more months. Yeah. So um, it's a huge challenge. And again, I think the um, the challenge now is that, you know, you, you can throw X amount of money at it um, and the staff, um, but how quick can you, can you make it happen um, and be successful rather than lurking around at the back of the grid, you know, and Sure as eggs is eggs. That's not what Michael wants to do. He he wants to be up <laughs> right. points in his first race, um, and his father. I'm sure his father's more passionate about it than him. But he's, <laughs> he'll have him barking at his heels on a daily basis. Oh yeah. And then um, yeah, I mean it's huge. It's huge. Um, as you said before, I've done it a couple of times, um, and the the key to it is where has it all been held? Is it all under one house, one roof? Um, is it done in the States? Now, you know, five years ago, you couldn't do that because there were so many European races. Now there's, you know, there's a handful of European races and, you know, there's, there's loads of races outside Europe. So you could technically house it in the States, um, mm -hmm. but also you don't have the experience of the staff in the States as well. So you'd have to either bring the majority of the staff to the States or you'd have to have um, have a home in in the UK or Italy, you know, it depends where you are. But you've got the other dimension of Cadillac. You know, what do they do? And that's the that's the very interesting bit for me is how how you can get all these dynamics to join together. So you know, well, my last experience was um, with Ferrari, um, um, the UK, and 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 also America. You know, so we had um, a good percentage of the decision making done in the states. Uh, we had the team based in the UK, Banbury, which is, you know, 40, 41 mile triangle between all the seven teams that are there. Um, and then you had Marinello and not only Marinello, you had Delara who made the chassis and we had a, a drawing office in uh, Delara. Um, mm -hmm. And to bring all that together was <laughs> pretty interesting. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, everyone knew what they were doing. So th that's the challenge they have is where they're going to do it, where they're going to house it and who's running it all. And of course, the, you know, you have, you have someone like Gunter that ran everything or was in charge of everything. He literally, I don't think, I think he spent more time in the air than on the ground. Yeah. So he'd, he'd be in Kannapolis, he'd fly to Oxnard to meet with uh, Gene. He'd fly to Italy to Marinello to meet, you know, with Ferrari. Then he'd fly to the drive to, excuse me, to Delara. 
then you fly to the UK um, and be in a Banbury. So there's there's an awful lot to do. There's an awful lot to be learned from that. And also, if you would do it again, you'd probably reduce the amount of headquarters you had um, from four to two. Um, and then you still have the communication problem. So the challenge is huge. Um, but again, mm -hmm. just need some clever people to come up with some some good ideas to put it together and listen to what's happened before, I guess. And, and Chris, they're talking er, about a UK headquarters in addition to the new giant uh, Andretti headquarters in Indiana, right? Yeah, Michael made it clear that they would say that they are officially headquartered in, in Fishers in Indiana, uh, in that huge new facility that they're currently building, which they've started building yeah. with the with the pretense that it's going to need to house Formula One work. Uh, you know, They've designed it and scaled it with Formula One in mind. Uh, and that was clear from when they did the groundbreaking that that was still on the cards. But yeah, Andretti obviously do compete in other motorsport series as well, um, outside of IndyCar and, and sports car racing. So over in um, Formula E and Extreme E, and they have a base um, and kind of set up in the UK for some of that already. And Michael said that they would have a big facility in, he said in Europe, but it was actually in the press release from both that it said it would be split across the US and the UK, um, where they would then have to do some of the technical work and, uh, as Dave points out, where some of the engineering special um, kind of expertise will be more um, readily attainable because you know some people won't want to move and and just the time zones that you then have to deal with the fact that you know people would love everything to be I think housed in the US but in reality if you want to be competitive if everyone else is in Europe and that's where the the skill set is and that's where um, everything just is closer together you're putting yourself at a disadvantage if you don't kind of have a sort of yeah. base or factory there so uh, yeah that's very much the plan but they have hired already they said they've uh, michael said they've hired mm -hmm. a number of engineers uh, already started on that front and even their technical director has already been hired uh, that they'll announce in the near future so there's a lot that they've i guess they've had to do uh, from formula one's part they say it, it can't be before 2026 that, that when they talk about this it has to be 2026 for a new entry uh, now it will be months before even the fia expression of interest plays out yeah. Uh, so as Dave points out, then if you go, if you go from sort of three or four months from now into the middle, you know, right into the middle of this year, then you're not going to get confirmation before really the next, you know, getting close to 12 months from now. Uh, yeah. and then, then when you can push the button on some things, it's, it's going to run away very quickly. So 26 is, is realistic. Um, but that shows exact off the back of everything Dave just said that if Michael's already hired their technical director and not announced them yet, but they've got them in place three years before they're actually going to hmm. be targeting and getting a car on track realistically or, or entering. I mean, it shows that the amount of time and effort that is needed and planning that is needed and also shows the risk they've got to take the money they've got to invest before they've even got any, hmm. any guarantee that they're going to be racing. Yeah. Good point. And, and when Dave was talking about all that, think about how much the, the reliance hosted on Ferrari, you know, there was so mm -hmm. much criticism about this is, this is just a Ferrari junior team. It's almost all Ferrari parts. So there was, <clears throat> They already had a big head start with all that. So I think yeah. Andretti GM is going to have to do something similar. Well, guys, we need to take a quick break. And when we come back, we uh, I want to get into that process a little bit that Chris was just talking about. So this uh, that the, the F1 and FIA are going to, to put everybody through to become a team. You're listening to Speed City. Back after this. Hey guys, we are very excited to welcome our new sponsor, All Stop Brewery, to Speed City. These guys make a fantastic beer, and I'm going to let Jonathan talk about it, but I'm going to tell you about it. When I tasted it, I am not a big beer aficionado. I like a nice cold beer, but I'm always worried about a craft beer or a new beer that it's going to have a funky taste, especially aftertaste. This beer was fantastic. I have absolutely no... Uh, no qualms at all that this is my new favorite beer. But Jonathan, you know why? What makes it so special? The water and the recipe? Well, yeah. I mean, these guys have done their research and do it right. And they've even imported the right water to do it right. I mean, it, it, I tell you, this Allstad beer, fantastic. And I'm, uh, you know, most Europeans are snobs about their beer. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those. Because, You're definitely a snob? Yes, okay. about my beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because there's no question, carbonation has always been my issue here in the States. It's overcarbonated. And our lagers, our pilsners and lagers in Europe, um, 
uh, especially German ones, are not that heavily carbonated, and that's a key thing. And that's the first thing that uh, hit me was just how well they've done the beer. Uh, it's based out of Fredericksburg. It's, uh, it's got a great tie-in because, obviously, Fredericksburg, a German town, and now they've got a Texas German beer, and it's cracking. Yeah, and the uh, the facility out there, it's amazing. They've, they've really done it right. It's really fantastic. So so check it out. You can get it at all the local HEBs and everything else, right? Yep. Uh, it's around all around Texas. You can get it. Uh, they sell it in... Uh, uh, on on the shelf there as a Texas beer, but uh, I'll tell you what, you're in, right back in Germany when you drink it. And it's Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Karun Chandok, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back. When we went to break, I said we were going to talk about the process. But before we do that, I want to talk about the driver situation because Vendretti said uh, in all of this, they want to have an American team. Bob, we were talking about during the break, all-American mm-hmm. team, and um, I, I think – the more American is great. Look, we got Cadillac and Andretti. I mean, we got a pretty good start on this All-American. And they've announced that Colton Herta is there is going to be in the seat. They said, I think was, we're going to have at least one American in the seat. But, Chris, I mean, has there has there been any discussion beyond that? I heard the crazy rumors of Alonzo already, and I just think that's the internet. But what have you heard? Yeah, I certainly hadn't heard Alonzo. Um, and <laughs> I reckon that's just more people going... He's still racing. He's never going to leave. So a new team, he can get involved with that as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Col- Colton was yeah. named. Um, it, it was asked about, um, and I did a, a podcast actually with Marshall Pruitt for Racer um, the evening of the news. And we did talk about how um, Marshall had done a great job of getting the story around Colton when he stayed in IndyCar, you know, when it didn't happen for Formula One. And uh, obviously we'd had on the show, hadn't we, with Helmut Marcus comments, how close Red Bull came to getting him. Um, so when he then stayed in IndyCar, it was kind of a, there's a there was a non-compete in terms of F1 for a couple of years, <laughs> and it then all made sense that if this is really going to happen, uh, Andretti making sure he's he's theirs, and that when they get to F1, if they can get onto the grid, uh, he's the one who gets it. Um, and that's exactly what Michael said. He said that they uh, definitely plan to have an American driver, uh, and that Colton's leading the pack, and that he's under contract in IndyCar. Um, so he said uh, they definitely want. Um, the all-American effort to have an American driver alongside it. He didn't say it had to be an all-American lineup, though. So that does leave that second seat open to yeah, whoever you want to go for. And I think, uh, as David said, and Bob's seen it as well with new teams, quite often a new team wants to go for at least one experienced driver, someone who can really help lead them uh, from both an engineering standpoint, but just kind of learning the ropes about certain things. Um, it, it's one of those uh, headaches you don't have, isn't it, that you, that you have to kind of school a young driver or an inexperienced driver. Mm. Dave, uh, who would be on your list? Well, I think Ricciardo will have had his 
his holiday uh-huh. and his drive across from right. New York to LA. Maybe he'll have made it by then and be in a good position. Um, he, he loves the States. Um, I don't know. I mean, they don't need the money, so they don't have to even think about anyone with a with a purse. Um, and of course, if they have the money to buy drivers, you know, the world's your oyster then. Um, so, hmm. I think you're right. I think the obvious one is Ricardo. In fact, somebody on YouTube just commented the same thing. Johnny Spa said the same thing because if uh, you know, Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's it's really too early to have that conversation. So, uh, well, let's talk. Want, I mean, experience is valuable, but you want a guy who can communicate as well. And not every experienced driver is. I mean, Nigel Mansell was famous for, or actually KK Rosberg even more famous at Williams because he didn't care what was on the car. <laughs> Just chuck his cigarette away, get out there and wring its neck. Mansell to some extent was that way as well. But you want a, an Alan Prost or an Ayrton Senna or somebody who says, okay, it's doing this and here's what I think we need to do to fix it. Yeah. And I think one thing just that we've got to think of as well in this, if the timeline is right, which um, yeah, I'm pretty confident it is in terms of 2026 being the most realistic earliest date to get onto the grid. Ricardo is going to be turning 37 that year. So Sebastian Vettel will be 39. Like those guys are so sad, but I, yeah, I think it would be brilliant if it was right now. Like you'd, you'd be chasing him for mm-hmm. a year or two and saying that if you, if you miss it, come and lead this effort. Uh, I'm not sure he would, but I think that would be who you target. Yeah. But, but with Daniel, may, maybe still, maybe that timing would still work. Um, either because he gets himself back onto the grid uh, in a year or two, or if he hasn't, but he does have that hunger. Because uh, Nico Hulkenberg had, what, two full years out. Um, mm-hmm. last, actually, probably let me down. It's really three, wasn't it? It was 2020, 21 and 22, uh, just with some sub-appearances. So, um, yeah, like Daniel could have three years out and then be hungry to come back. So, yeah, I think that's at this very early stage, that's it. That's a good fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's too many things that could happen between now and then for us to see what can, where this could go. So that would be fun to keep I an eye send, on. The guy I would send to find a driver for me would be Colton Hurd's dad, Brian, because I have a lot of respect for Brian's ability to spot what it takes to be successful. I mean, what he did calling Alexander Rossi's victory at the Indy 500 five years ago, whenever it was now, was was pretty awesome stuff. And I've had long conversations with Brian, who actually consult a little bit on my son's driving career. And and I have a lot of respect his ability to, you know, to get right to the issue. Well, when I saw Colton Herta in an Indy car for the first time was when he first got in an Indy car here in Austin at Coda. And I was actually outside the media center and I knew he was getting in the car. And so I walked into the media center and I think I was actually walking to the back to get a drink of water or something and I, I he was doing a lap and I was watching on the big screens and I looked up and boom he went straight to the top of the times on his first lap and in an indie car period and I was like whoa this kid is fast and uh, and I know it was just a test but the um but he clearly uh was fast and and, and you know this is a really interesting thing we we always talk about how Drivers moving to different cars, like we talk about Ricardo and Vettel, two great examples, right? They both phenomenal careers. They move to a different team, and it doesn't work right. So can Colton go from an Indy car to a, an F1 car and be great? I don't know. No one, We don't know that yet. So it's going to be really Jack Brown seemed to think he could after he tested yeah. in Portugal. Yeah, he did say that, didn't he? He was pretty pleased with yeah. that. Uh, Chris, I want to talk about this process that – and and I I have to talk about what happened during the press conference with GM and Andretti is that Formula One announced they came right out in the middle of that and and talked about the process, but but let's talk about how this is going to work and how how long it might possibly take. It could, it could take a very long time. I mean, the main thing that's got to be made clear is that at this point. Um, all that's happened is that uh, Mohammed Ben Salim, the FIA president, has come out and said he's asked the FIA to look into opening up or starting the process to allow new teams to try and join. And what the FIA will then do is say, okay, we are inviting expressions of interest, like formal applications from teams to say, we would like to join, please consider us. And with that, you have to give certain details, which I'm sure Dave probably has a a pretty good memory of like some of the paperwork needed doing and things like that. But um, that, that process, they've done it more recently. I want to say about 2017, they did similar. 
and just went no there's not there's nothing that actually fits right now there's nothing that uh, is a viable project out there um and, and it closes the process at that point and that's it so um it will be a, a quite a long period of a couple of months i think that'll allow people uh, to put together their submissions and off the back of that then whenever they if they do effectively close uh, give a deadline and say right after this no one can apply then they'll look through the potential candidates and different teams that have said they want to come in and even then it will come down to do the FIA believe they could add one two three teams um as Dave mentioned when he was doing it with Virgin Racing there was four teams that were meant to come in at that point only three actually made it at that time if I remember rightly with um USF1 being the one that didn't um so <laughs> it it was that there was space on the grid then they wanted to to beef up the numbers whereas at this point we're talking about an 11th team but could it be that they say we can do two or, or we can do three who knows really um it depends Ooh. how much money is out there <laughs> ready to come in uh and and that will be why that could even elongate the process even more if they say okay we're going to open up to three teams there's going to be procedural stuff that the fia needs to do that formula one needs to do to get ready for an expanded series like that one team maybe that can move a bit more quickly but yeah. um, e even then that we're talking i i think three four five months before you'd actually get a decision on okay Yes, we've had reasonable applications, um, but that will be from the point that they say we're, we're uh, inviting expressions of interest. And they haven't formally mm -hmm. said that bit yet. But just to, sorry, the waffle slightly, but just to uh, pull that back to what Formula One said, there's clearly a power battle going on between the FIA and Formula One. The FIA and Ben Sillian clearly are behind the Andretti Cadillac <clears throat> bid. They're like, yep, yeah, this makes right. sense. We think they should come in. They've spoken about it. Michael's spoken to Mohammed about it. All good. Formula One are going, it's not just them. Like there's others interested. Right. We're not going to be told who we're accepting and who we're not. The teams want more money from anyone coming in to, to soften the blow of giving up some of their revenue. Uh, so you've got to get them all in agreement. And Formula One wanted to very firmly come out because the FIA were almost pushing this. Like Ben Sillian's tweet clearly was preempting the Andretti mm. announcement. Formula One wanted to say, don't forget about us. We, we have a say in this too. Right. It's not just down to the FIA to uh, make that decision. So that that statement that we were given from formula one came out pre-embargo so the press conference went on for half an hour and at the end of the press conference the embargo lifted with the news formula one put the statement out before being like most of you now know if you're on this call this is happening here's our official statement that you can't use until the news is official you know wh whenever that embargo lifts that you're now working to then you can use this statement too so they were aware they, they knew what was coming and they were trying to kind of push back slightly so uh, and that's only grown with the comments today from Ben Sillian being like, yeah, it's crazy that there's any negativity or any questioning going on. Because right. people are yeah. going, but you don't understand the business side of this. Teams are not happy that they're going to get $20 million each. They think that isn't going to cover the loss that they are going to give up in terms of revenues or potential sponsors or whatever by just opening the doors because the sport's doing so well. Uh, and again, as, as I'm sure Dave can remember, it, it's got to make sense for everybody because yeah, it's not like the NFL. If if I ran an NFL team and just said, I want to join, I want to be the London NFL team, uh, let me in. The NFL and the teams have to agree to that too. It's not just because yeah. I get a load of support from the UK wanting to come in that I get to come in. So that's why there's this kind of power battle going on now. Yeah, I've watched that in the NFL for years and expansion teams, they call them. And they, uh, they, mm. all, they all go through that. So it is definitely a, a big part of that. You know, one thing is that everybody keeps talking about the dilution fee, right? The $200 million fee that Andretti's going to have to pay, probably with the help of their friends at at uh, Guggenheim. Uh, but I'm surprised that this hasn't been discussed raising it. I mean, the, the problem is, is that this rise in popularity has been unprecedented velocity upwards, right? I mean, it's been crazy how quickly we have not seen a, a this rise, this level of rise in a, a major sport, I, I don't know, ever. I mean, so it's just been crazy. So, but to me that this is one thing that you could easily do. It's like to help ease this, this tension between the teams. It's like, okay, that $200, $200 million non-dilution fee, that was come up with many years ago, right? Like four, three, four years ago. Now, you know, the, the part of me that wants Andretti in doesn't want this fee to go any higher, but I, I don't think it's a problem for, for Andretti because I think they could get the sponsorship money to help cover all this. But wouldn't that be an interesting way to, to help help grease the skids is raise that fee? Yes. And that's exactly <laughs> what Formula One and the teams want. And when we say raise it, the figure I've had from sources <laughs> is about $500 million, half a billion dollars. Yeah. Um, oh my God. That's what they want. So 50 million to each team. Um, and when you, when you turn it around to 50 million to each team, you're like, that's a big 
injection, but that's also a big sponsorship deal for some of these. Like, I think Red Bull and Oracle is about 50 million. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it kind of then becomes a little bit more realistic when you see the value to each team. But when you see it as a lump sum, it's outrageous. Um, what's interesting is Stefano de Manicali came out about a year ago and said, for the right partner, for the right manufacturer, for the right team, I reckon that would get waived. And that opens the door for someone like Andretti to go, what more do you want? Yeah. You've got GM yeah. coming in. You've got you've got a big racing name. We've got huge money from Group 1001 and Guggenheim, as you say, because Daniel Taris, who's the CEO of that group, was on the call um, of making the announcement. Like the money behind it is serious. Uh, they're like, well, you know, what more do we need to do to be to tickle the boxes that you want? But similarly, because everyone knows there's that much money behind it, and the reason they want to come in is because they think it will grow and make the money in the future, as well as be great to be racing in. Uh, then they're saying, well, then buy your seat at the table. Uh, and I think, so the, the current Concord only came into effect, it was 2020, it was signed, and it ran from 2021 to 2025. Um, and that shows exactly what you just said, John, the speed of the growth, that I think it is actually realistic that all the teams are like, well, oh, that number was too low. And that was only just over two years ago, two and a half years ago. But it, it means to 2025, they're, they're kind of tied into that. That means next year, they're going to be trying to sign a new one, 2024. They're oh, this... going to be having these negotiations again. So that's when it might all change. That's right. It's part of the Concord Agreement. Yeah, that's that's crazy. But but going back to what you just said, that they had the CEO of 1001 Group there. Again, going back to the beginning of what I was talking about, that, that Andretti brought a sledgehammer to this agreement, going, I'm bringing GM, I'm bringing this company that manages a third of a trillion-dollar investment portfolio, you know, a trillion with a T, and and the Andretti name in racing, it's like, I you at the start of the show, Chris, you were like, you know, G, uh, FOM is saying there could be somebody bigger or better. Who could that possibly be, and what could they be bringing? That's the crazy, exciting thing, and it could happen, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we we talked about Ford rumors, didn't we earlier? Yeah. Um, we've mentioned Porsche that have kind of looked and not quite. That's the Volkswagen Group. That's also huge. I mean, there's yeah. there are comparable i'd say uh, brands that have been clearly looking and showing a serious interest um but i'd actually like to if i put a question to dave but if you think back to doing it with haas and doing it with virgin and putting it together could you have imagined to have been in a sense as lucky as if you're the team manager of an andretti cadillac with the money behind them and the brands behind them <laughs> as a new entrant could you like surely that's a night and day difference to what you had to work with in, in the constraints you had yeah i mean uh, making me think there <laughs> but the uh the, it's quite interesting about the money but the virgin one you know not to mention too many figures i think i got 80 grand given to me in the december before we were starting to to buy some equipment um and then the the house one was completely different um on a on another, another level there was a budget that was done you know i spent a year doing a budget so the money was released in in the correct time to be able to build the trucks and then start employing people etc and, and also the factory, which happened to be the old Virgin Russia factory, that needed completely gutting and, um, you know, putting the right equipment inside it. But I think the, um, you know, you talk, whether it's 200 million or half a billion, you still, you still need the first years running up front. And then you also need about <laughs> 50 million to set the thing up. So you're talking, even if it's the 200 million, you're, you're just under half a, you know, just under half a billion to get going anyway, you know, before you, before you um, turn a wheel on the crack. So it's huge amounts of money, but of course, you know, not maybe so to, to the likes of Cadillac and 1001, you know, it's, um, they can afford to be at the table and, and play, play properly. And again, if they get everything set up before, uh, properly <coughs> turned on, etc. before, uh, before the, the start of the season, they stand a really good chance of doing well, but the figures are huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and does, uh, Dave, in your experience, might Andretti be able to reduce that, call it the, you know, the setup expense uh, to any degree, given that they are so experienced and involved in so many kinds of motorsports, are they likely to have the kind of equipment that they need to, to take up some of that slack? Granted, they don't do carbon fiber work and that sort of thing. But um, they're involved in so many different things that uh, I wonder if they're not, you know, one step into the process already. Yeah, I think there's there's not too much carryover, um, mm-hmm. in, you know, if any. You, you know, the trucks have to be made in Europe. Um, 
just because that's where they're used. Um, right. And again, the rest of the, the championships done on air freight. So it's all basically a, a box that fits in a plane um, mm -hmm. type thing. Um, I mean, there is, there is talk that the, um, the other entry, which was the high-tech entry, um, that was very quiet, in fact, that's based at Silverstone, has employed 40 or 50 people um, there with engineers and you know people leaving high-end teams like Red Bull and Mercedes going there to work. You know, so I'm wondering whether that is what Chris mentioned earlier, whether that's the engineering side that they've kind of kicked into touch and and got going from from that point. Um, but in answer to your question, Bob, the the, the crossover just isn't there. Um, okay. Just trying to think back from the other two teams, literally the engine stand, you know, we had to get the, the drawings from Ferrari because, you know, the holes in the bottom of the engine that held, held the engine on the trolley when you put it up to the car, you know, they were all secret, so you couldn't have that bolt pattern. Um, even the, you know, all the, all the uh, power equipment for the engines and gearbox. I, I just... I don't. I think you literally have to start with a clean piece of paper. You know, maybe mm -hmm. clean clothing they could carry over. That's about it, really. So. Wow. All right. Well, let's squeeze in our last quick break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion. We are also going to hear some comments from an old buddy of yours, Bob Barsha from Lee Diffie. I want to read some comments from him. Listen to the Speed City back after these messages. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. If you want to know where the path to Formula One and Indy begins, it's three simple letters, VRD. VRD Racing of Atlanta, Georgia are dedicated to nurturing young, single-seater drivers on their quest to the pinnacle of motorsport. Having just wrapped up the team's championship title in 2021 in the F4 US Championship, they also have programs in FR Americas, the all-new USF Juniors, and the road to Indy. VRD is the perfect environment for success. To join the team, drop them a DM on Instagram at Velocity underscore RD. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, when we went to break, I said that your buddy, Bob Arsha, Lee Diffie, uh, had some comments about this Andretti situation. And so he tweeted this morning after Mohammed bin Salim tweeted out about how there's been some adverse reaction to the Cadillac and Andretti News. So here's what Lee said. He said, for those who love and follow F1 will remember it wasn't that long ago that minnows like Caterham and Mauricio were in F1, Dave O'Neill. Uh, but there's been some adverse reaction to two legendary brands like Cadillac and Andretti. Whoever the opponents are to this concept have rocks in their heads. <laughs> and I think he's just echoing what we're saying. And, and going back to what Chris said, Yes, that seems crazy that you could say no to them, but we just don't know who's lurking in the background. But, you know, Chris, you said, when you said it a while ago, you said it could be Ford, it could be Porsche, but the combination of Andretti and Cadillac, I, I mean, what combination? I just can't even think of one. If you, yes, Porsche, I thought I thought Porsche and Andretti might team up, and I thought, what an amazing team, but... I don't know who would team up, and I'm sure we could come up with some, but but I certainly understand why Lee would have said that. I, I think there's got to be also um, kind of remembering that there's other brands might come in trying to partner with existing teams or even taking over existing teams. There's been mm -hmm. a lot. Of, I've heard from um, sources at Red Bull. There's been so many calls asking to take over AlphaTauri from different teams, um, and I don't believe they're really entertaining it, but it's just, you know, that interest exists. Now, anyone who's then trying to buy a team and finding they can't, and um, you know, when Dave went through those figures, then they might start going, okay, just like Michael did and tried to buy Sauber and it failed. How do we set up our own team? What would that look like? Uh, so that's, that could be another reason why Formula One is going. There's, there could be 
10, 20, 30 potential interested parties and you don't know which one that might actually land something or who yeah. they might partner with. So um, yeah, it's, it's exciting actually. It, it, it's, it's hard to find out and some, because the money's so serious, uh, yeah. that's why it doesn't always come out, um, but it gives me something to try and chase. So it's fun. That, that may be the simplest explanation of all is folks in Formula One are saying, wow, Andretti and Cadillac, and they're talking, however much money it is, we'll pay it. Well, let's go see who else might be in that same boat and get the best deal we can. Oh, secretly, I think they must love it. Even though they're making it seem like oh, F1's a little bit adverse to it, they're not. Right. They're, they're, I mean, no. um, there was a quote from a source that, 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 that um, Ben Suleim had taken the bait because he kind of had snapped at, at this, like, not opening of the arms. But it's because, like you say, they, this is the advertisement to every other team. Now Formula One can go, you want to you come to join? You've got to beat this. You've got to beat yeah. Andretti Cadillac and the money that's behind it. So yeah. if someone can, brilliant negotiating. But if they can't, what a great... What a great team coming in. So, um, yeah. Right, it's all back position, yeah. Exactly. What, what a strong find position the, the sport's in. <laughs> Chris, the prettiest girl at the dance. <laughs> Chris, uh, you are incredible. You've got a broken hand. You're live on the air with us right now. But you also had a story that popped up while we're on the air on, on Racer.com. F1 riff growing as Ben Salim hits back at Andretti Cadillac reaction. <laughs> You have been. That did get filed a little bit ago, though. That was uh, about a couple of hours yeah. ago. I filed that. I'll admit. Oh, uh, was it okay? Well, I was concerned about that because <laughs> you know, for just the reasons you probably detailed in that story, Ben Salayim has sort of created this schism between himself and the folks at Liberty Media and the teams. Um, I wonder if he has a, a an ulterior motive in all of this, or if he's genuinely, you know, taken aback by the fact that everybody didn't jump aboard. Uh, the whole Andretti Cadillac story. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a power battle where um, mm -hmm. Formula One has been doing a lot, lot of the negotiating and discussing with uh, OEMs that were looking to come in um, or talking them up. If you look at with the Audi entry, like Formula One itself then created an Audi show car and rolled it out into the press conference. And the FIA were kind of involved, but Ben Sullivan's trying to go, well, we, we run this sport. We get to choose what the rules are, how many people are racing. Like both both have a part to play so they're both right. trying to flex a muscle and say we, we we both get to help decide who comes in and who doesn't and Ben Sullivan's trying to make it look like he's helped bring someone to the table which in a way he has um but at the end of the day whoever does get added and I, I feel like it's now almost certain that a team does get added because of the strength of interest surely mm -hmm. someone must take enough boxes um it will have to be a collaboration it, it will have to be that the FIA approves it and Formula One uh commercially can agree so um then they'll both be trying to like take the credit. So it's just part of an ongoing war between both sides because since Ben Suleim's come into power at the FIA, he's been very uh, hands-on involved in, and likes to kind of show the work he's doing and show his influence on mm -hmm. Formula One. Uh, Formula One itself is pushing back against that a little bit at times. So um, yeah, it's a return to those sorts of days where they're, they're, mm. they're not quite at war, but yeah, they're, they're not seeing eye to eye all the time. Mm. Yeah, Two this... words just popped into my head when we're talking about all this money who has it, who can find it, whatever. And those two words are live golf. Ah, wow. You know, the Saudis Bite dumping hundreds of millions of dollars into the pockets of a few pro golfers. Well, maybe they'd like to get involved in Formula One. They have a track. They'll soon have a second track. Yeah, that's actually, that's a very interesting comment, Bob. I, I really haven't followed that closely as I should have, but that is interesting. Which OEM do they have? Um you know, the hands in most as well, which would be quite interesting. Yeah, great point. Is that GM? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I know we, we're nearly there, but um, with Cadillac and Andretti, they are going to have to have a partner in order to get the car on the grid. You know, you know, with wishbones, steering racks, fuel cells, yeah. batteries, gearboxes, they have to partner. Um, you know, there's no one, I don't, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but there's no one that can produce something like that in a year and a half um, that's reliable. Mm, that's a good point. We're, good... we're losing Bob. Uh, one thing quickly to say as well, Andretti <laughs> and Cadillac did say they've, they've signed an agreement. They've already got an agreement signed with a power unit supplier, um, yeah. an existing one, and then they try and evolve moving forward. But who that is is still open to debate as well. Talk of Honda, talk of Renault slash Alpine. So, um, yeah, an interesting one for GM to have to do that as well. I know we had uh, we're out of time, but that it is a good discussion because Honda, you know, there was they mentioned last year uh, that Andretti, and now Honda is the obvious one. So anyway, we're out of time, guys. Thanks everybody for tuning in, and of course we'll be back next Sunday night. Talk to you then. Thanks everybody for coming on.
Chris, Bob, Dave, talk to you soon. Night. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.